0: You there? Luke 15. Luke 15. We're in a series, The Unknown. We're at Luke 15. We talked about the lost sheep. We've talked about the lost coin. And tonight, the title of the message is The Lost Son or The Unknown Son. How about that? We'll call it The Unknown Son. We're going to read here from verse 11 on down uh, to verse 32. So we're going to read. 22 verses. You with me? You there? Come on, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? You know, let's do something I've never done before. Let's try and fill up this first row, this row. That row is already full. But we, I want if you're if you're kind of sitting toward the back, come fill up these front rows. And like kind of where, where this group is over here, try to kind of come right down to the front. Cause I feel a little disconnected from you. And that's you know tonight's one of those nights when I just need to feel a little bit more connected. I'm not trying to make you feel awkward, but just. Just for the sake of feeling like we're not hiding amongst 1,300 seats. That's you know, kind of what you feel sometimes when there's only about 100 or so of us. <laughs> the old people. Are... Now, you can say whatever you want. I'm just a strong encouragement. A certain man. Now, remember. This is a story. Jesus is telling a story, a parable, about why he hangs out with sinners. Did you know that Jesus was never, never accused of being judgmental, but of being too merciful. Jesus was never accused of being judgmental. He was accused of being too kind. He was accused of hanging out with sinners and not being understood. Why does this man hang out with sinners? Why does he eat with them? Didn't make sense. They couldn't stand that this guy who called himself God, not only called himself God, but he hang out with sinners. They killed him because he called himself God and because They had thought that he was almost in some ways saying that their sin was okay. Now, Jesus did not say their sin was okay. What he said was that I love you regardless of your sin. And I'm going to spend time with you. He was accused of being too merciful. I don't know if you, I don't know about you, but I'm not normally accused of being too merciful. And I think as a church, we're more accused of being too judgmental. And we're not accused enough of being too merciful. We're not accused enough of saying, hey, there's too many sinners in that church. I want to hear more of that. I want to hear, I want to hear more of, man, that church, they, they just hang out with a bunch of bad people because they're a bunch of bad people that are in love with Jesus because Jesus are in love with them. Now, hopefully, as time progresses, you become more and more like Christ and the badness fades away and Christ's likeness Takes over. Can we turn my mic down a little bit? Thanks, Tom. I'm just I feel like I'm shouting. Like you're shouting. Okay. He was never accused of being too judgmental, but of being too merciful. So he tells the story. Since so then, he who's he? I love this passage because he just got done talking about the parable of the lost sheep, and then it says the lost coin, and there's no. There was no dividing line there. And the Bible says, Luke writes, Then he said, it's almost as if this was the last parable he tells regarding why he hangs out with sinful people. Then he says, a certain man had two sons. How many sons? Two sons. Had two sons. There were two sons. The first son was Adam. Right? The second son is Jesus. You have the first man, Adam, and the second man, Adam. You have two sons, Jacob and Esau. Esau and Jacob. Two sons. Second son, the Bible says, said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. In other words, God or Father, I want my inheritance. So he divided to him his livelihood. And not many days after, the young son, the second son, gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal or wasteful living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land. And he began to be in want. Then he went, say went. Come on, say went. That's a weird word. Say that word five times. Went, went, went. <laughs> then he went and joined. Say joined. Joined. He went and joined. Say uh-oh. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. Oh. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Oh. And he would gladly say, "gladly," have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. Say, "Ugh!" And no one gave him anything. In other words, he was hungry, but nobody gave him anything. So he gladly ate the food that the pigs were eating. You see it, kid's got a rich life. Runs to the pigs. Now he's eating in the pig's pen. But say but. "but. Come on, say but. 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 but When he came to himself... this is a good scripture right here. But when he came to himself, see Jesus is teaching. He's eating pig's food. Jesus throws this word in here. It's a, it's a transition word. It's an exceptioning word. It's a word where something changes in the story, where something was going one way, but something else happened. says, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and even to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will rise, and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and even before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he rose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off. Say that great way off. Come on, say it great way off. His father saw him. And he had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. This was a picture of embracing somebody. Don't fall on people's necks. Oh, this looks weird. And the son said to him, Father, i have sinned against heaven and in your sight. No longer worthy to they called your son. But, say but. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe. And put it on him, put it all over him, and put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here, and kill that sucker. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now, his older son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house and heard music dancing, and he got jealous. Doesn't say that, but pretty much what happened. So he called one of the servants and asked "What these things. Man, he said to him, your brother has come home, you idiot. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatty calf. But he was angry. He would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat. <laughs> that I might go make merry with my friends. That just sounds weird. That I might make merry. Sounds like a biscuit or something. <laughs> but as soon as this son of yours came, you have devoured your livelihood with harlots, You killed the fatted calf for him. You can almost hear it, you know. This is the picture. Jesus is standing before a bunch of sinners. They're saying, you're the Messiah, and you're bringing the best things to these sinners. What's the deal? Jesus says, at the end of the story, he said to him, son, you're always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found. Let's pray. Ask God to speak to us that we'll leave here never the same. Anybody want that? I want God to reveal himself to me. And as he reveals himself to me, he reveals me to myself. And as he reveals me to myself, I realize the difference. As I realize the difference, I'm able to run to him. Because now I see where I am and I see where he is. So tonight, let's ask God to reveal ourselves to ourselves. Okay, what the heck are you talking about? Just pray with me. Lord, thank you so much for your love for your mercies. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your son. God, I thank you you sent him, and he willingly, passionately, and aggressively came to earth to live for us, and die for us, and rise again for us, and to sit in heaven for us, and for you, and for your kingdom. Tonight, Jesus, we know you're here. You said we're two or more gather, you're here. And I just ask that you'd make yourself known in this place, in our hearts, in our minds, that we leave here and never be the same. Amen. Anchors is a pretty easy place to get around in. It's not too big. If you go down to California or Seattle, and maybe you're visiting there, and your friend says, "Hey, come to the Starbucks." First of all, your, your first instinct should be, "The devil's a liar." I'm not going to Starbucks. I'm an ambassador of Kaladi Brothers. <laughs> how many? This, let's just be honest here. How many of you actually drink Starbucks here? All right, come to the altar. Come to the altar. Can I get some Claudia fans to pray for you? Just messing. I'm just just messing. I'm actually not. What what do you drink, Elisa? You drink coffee? (laughs) (laughs) Heavenly Cup. Heavenly Cup's a good place, too, for real. Anyway, so either A, you say, I'm an ambassador for Claudia's, I'm going to establish a Claudia Brothers in Seattle, or B, you say, All right, where's the address? You find out where the address is at Starbucks. Now, how many of you know if somebody gave you the address to Starbucks that that isn't enough? What are you talking about? If you only had the address, but you weren't familiar with your environment, you weren't familiar with Seattle, the address to Starbucks wouldn't be enough. Of course, unless you had... An iPhone, he types it in, but still in the formula to discover how to get from where you are to where you want to be, Starbucks in Seattle, the location where you want to be is not enough in that formula. You also need to know where you're at. On your iPhone, it'll pop up, say, type in your address, and the second line, it says your current location. And you can click yes or go or search. And it will find out right where you are and give you a step-by-step, turn-by-turn direction to how to get to your Starbucks. But see, if, if I was driving around Seattle and I didn't know how to get around Seattle, somebody just gave me the address of the Starbucks in Seattle. That wouldn't be enough. So If I just had the address, but I don't know where I am or how to get then I don't know how to get to where I'm trying to go. Or it's even worse, you know. You're, you're trying to even, here in Anchorage, you're trying to get to somebody's house, you're on the phone with them. So how do I get there? And what's one of the first things they say? Well, where are you? Or they just assume that you are where they think that you are. So they start telling you where they think that you would be. They're like, well, you head south on northern lights. You take a left on fireweed. Go down there for a little bit, get back on the Minnesota, take Minnesota all the way down to O'Malley. O'Malley will then get on the new third, come all the way down to Fourth Avenue. I swear that's a circle. Shut up and listen to my directions. <sighs> okay. But but I but I'm confused. I'm already down at fir- no, shut up, get on to Northern Lights. And and people just just keep going you like, but, but wait, I'm, but this is where I'm at. I know, but you what you got to do is you just got to just just pretend like you're coming from my house. But I'm not at your house. But that's the only way I can tell you how to get to where I'm at right now. This is what they did. So if you're coming from my house, I'm not at your house. I'm at my house. <laughs> so if you're coming from South High School, I'm not at South High School. Don't, don't say that. Don't say that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Is that what you do? Hey, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. But look, we should be so familiar with our city that we say, look, where are you at? All right. <laughs> I'm just helping some of you guys out with directions. Because, you know, the movie x Men's coming out tonight. <laughs> That's, oh, shoot. Nobody saw that. Rule number one, keep her cool. I'm kidding. If you don't know where you are, how are you going to know how to get where you want to go? Does that make sense? See, we have this intended or desired destination in the Lord where we want to be. Maybe it's a vision that you have. Maybe it's a dream that God gave you. Maybe it's a desire that is just deep in your heart because you were born with a desire to do something. Maybe it's speak. Maybe it's sing. Maybe it's lead a small group. Maybe it's plant a church. But if you don't know where you are, you're not going to be able to get from where you are to where he wants you to be. See, the problem with the world, when I say the world, I mean, the world system and those who don't believe. It's not that God's hiding. It's not that God's lost. It's that they're lost. The problem the problem with us, it's not it's not that God's hiding from us. God's fully made Himself known to us. It's that we don't know who we are. We've lost sight of who we are. And if you lose sight of who you are, you lose sight of who God is. If you lose sight of who you are, you begin to do things you were never meant to do. See, once people started believing that we were merely an animal, we began to sell ourselves to things that we were never meant to sell ourselves to. But when you you realize that you were made in the image and the likeness of God and that you're not merely an animal, that you're not merely evolved from a fish, but that you are created in the image and the likeness by the glorious hand and creativity of God, when you realize that you're not merely a mammal that's a little bit smarter than a monkey, when you realize that, you begin to realize where you should be. But when you lose sight... Of who you are. When you lose sight of where you are, you begin to give yourself to things you shouldn't give yourself to. The Bible says He came to Himself. He came to Himself. Who has the who has a new living translation? Anybody. getting any these live translation. What verse is that? Sixteen? Seventeen? Seventeen. Fifteen? Seventeen. When he finally came to his senses. Who has the NIV? NIV. Okay, I got this one right here. When he came to his senses, who has uh, the message? Anybody have the message on him? Anybody? Pull it up, dog. Please. When he, the, the, the picture is this. When he realized where he was, when he realized who he was, when he realized the place and the position that he was in, Is this if he was like, wait a minute. You ever had those aha moments? Wait wait a minute. See, when you lose sight of who you are, when you don't even know who you are, when you don't even know who you are, you become a chameleon to try to fit in to who everybody else is. You know why you act like One person, when you're around other people, is because you don't know who you are. You know what chameleon is? The reason why we act like chameleons, the reason why we change when we're around our family, than when we are around other believers, or we change when we're around other believers rather than we're around our family, it's because you don't know who you are. That brought him to his senses. He said, all those farm hands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. When you lose sight of who you are, you begin to eat things. And partake of things emotionally and spiritually that you were not made to partake of. You begin to believe lies about yourself. You begin to assume, well, if I eat pig's food, I must be a pig. Well, because I still struggle with this thing, I must not even be a believer. We begin to believe lies. we begin to join ourselves with people we are never meant to join ourselves with, all because we don't know who we are. you know I, I don't think this 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 son was completely ignorant of where he was. I think this son was completely ignorant of who he was, and I think he was completely. Stubborn against accepting where he really was and who he really was. For the first time in his journey, he became honest with who he was and who he wasn't. Listen to me. He became honest with where he was and where he wasn't. He became honest. The point of the story was Jesus desperately wants to be around sinful people and be real with them in such a way that they come to their senses and realize, I'm not where I should be. You know, that's probably the best thing I could ever hear a young person say to me. Gabriel, I'm just I'm not where I should be. Good. That's a really good place to be is in a place that you think and you realize I'm not where I should be. You know, the truth is every single one of you here knows who you really are and what you really struggle with. You know it. But the reason why you continue to do the things you continue to do is because you're not willing to be honest about who you really are. You're not willing to be honest with the fact that you're still struggling with the thing that you're struggling with. You're not willing to be honest with the fact that you're still upset at that person that you shouldn't be upset with. You're not willing to be honest with the fact that you still desire that thing that you shouldn't desire. And so you cover it up with Christian ease. You sing the right songs. You pray the right prayers. And you pretty up your prayers to God to try to make yourself look better. And when you come to other people, You do everything you can to look better, all because you're not comfortable with who you are. You're not comfortable with who you are because you haven't decided to be honest with who you really are. The parable of this story is not as much about the son spending his life on prodigal, wasteful living as it is about a person who lost sight of who he was. He just lost sight of who he was. He realized who he was in that moment. And he realized who he wasn't in that moment. He realized where he was in the pig's pen. And he realized where he wasn't at his father's house. He realized what he was eating. Pig's food. And what he was not eating. His father's food. He realized the difference. And he not only realized it, but he accepted, he embraced it, and he became honest with where he really, really was. And if there's anything that disgusts God, it's hypocrisy. It's somebody that knows they're dealing with something, but for the sake of looking good or better, they pretty themselves up, they put on a face, and they act like they're somewhere they're really not. So, what God wants from you tonight is not to be in the right place. God wants you to be honest. You know, the cool thing about becoming a Christian, becoming a believer, is that anybody can. It's just whether or not they're willing to accept where they are and where they're not and humble themselves to meet the distance, to meet the, the place where we aren't and go to the Father who willingly embraces him and accepts him. Tonight is a call to be honest. We're in this series on the unknown. And you don't even know who you, you, you are. And that's what this whole thing is about. Jesus is saying everybody's lost sight of who they are. They've lost sight of the fact that I made them and I formed them. They've lost sight of the fact that I have a home for them. and That I have food for them. That I have a life for them. They've lost sight of who they are. They've lost sight of the fact that they're not just a mammal. They've lost sight of the fact that they're not the devil's child. Or destinies. Nobody got that one. <laughs> Have you lost sight of who you are? Have you lied about who you are to yourself? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think now, I talked about pursuing the lost sheep and how important it is to look for those people who are not a part of this circle and who have been a part of this circle or who are not a part of your little group and seeking them out and including them into your family. Last Thursday night, I talked about the lost coin. And pursuing those people that are around you and that are amongst you. And not just pursuing them, but desiring to know them and to be known by them. Tonight is an invitation to challenge you to be honest with who you are. And to challenge you to make yourself known. Of course, there's so many stories and, and applications and principles you could pull from that little story about the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son, but I think more important than anything else is that this son came to his senses and he realized, and he realized, what am I doing? Why am I being like this? Why do I talk like that? Why am I always so frustrated? Why am I believing those lies? I remember where I was. I remember who I used to be. I remember how I used to spend time with the Lord. I remember how intimate my time with the Lord used to be. And maybe you've come so far, and you've come, f- more, you've come far from, from the Lord more in the sense of honesty than in being good or not good. Does that make sense? the best thing you can do is to be honest with yourself and to embrace the fact that you're just not a clean person. To embrace the fact that you're just not a good person. It's a good place to start. And once you accept that, then you're ready to draw closer to the Lord. But if you come to the Lord with an excuse or a way to justify yourself why you're not the way you are, it's as if he doesn't hear your vain prayer. He doesn't hear vain prayers. I think about so many of you in this room right now. So many of you that I know, so many of you that I don't really know. And it saddens me to think that there's so many of you in here that aren't known. Some of you that have been part of this youth ministry for so long. But nobody knows who you really are. Nobody knows who you used to be. Nobody knows who you are right now. And nobody knows who you really want to be. You feel really lonely. That makes me sad. It even makes me angry and passionate. Because I want you to be known because that's what you were made for. You were made for two things. To be known and to be loved. To be known and to be loved. If you summed up your greatest two desires, it would be this that I so desperately want somebody to know every single thing about me and still love me. If I had that, that would be enough. But being known starts with you. I can't tell you how many times I sit down with somebody and they just give me a fake story and I look right through it and it's obvious that not only are they lying to me, but they're lying to themselves. And they're so good at lying to me because they've lied to themselves so long that they know how to lie to somebody else. Be honest. You want want to be in a confident, secure, right relationship with the Lord? Be honest. The thing that's killing you the most is your dishonesty. The thing that's ruining your confidence the most is your lack of willingness to accept that you're just a bad person. There's two people that went... To offer a gift to the Lord. The first person comes and he's a Pharisee. And he says, Father, I thank you They're not like that guy back there. Who's a sinner. And the second guy comes. And he stands in the back and says, Father, I'm not even worthy to come to the front. Jesus says that the one who admitted that he wasn't worthy is the one who went home justified. He's the one that went home secure and confident. See, God has arms that are gratefully wide open to embrace you. But the only thing that keeps him from embracing you is your lack of honesty of who you are and who you aren't. Because the step back to right relationship with God is simply acknowledging, embracing, taking ownership. Of who you are and who you aren't. And that spills over into relationships with people. Stop lying to one another. Stop saying you're something that you're really not. Stop acting like you're someone that you're really not. And stop talking to somebody acting like you love them, but behind their back you tell them something else or somebody something else. Can we just be honest? It's a scary place to be, you know, being honest. Because then it's like, all right, here I am. Are you going to like me or not? This is me. Do it. Just do it. Do it. Just do it. Be honest. The worship team, please come up, please. Please. I guess my question tonight is, you being honest? You know, I. I don't know how to explain this. I just, I'm cool tonight. Tonight, I know where I am, and I know where I'm not. I know who I am, and I know who I'm not. And I'm comfortable with that. My heart really desires that you would be comfortable with who you are and who you aren't. And tell somebody about it that's where it all begins you know it's not this isn't some really complicated message it's just to challenge you and encourage you to be honest is that really bad really 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 bad just want to see you discovered but you won't be discovered until you make yourself known